When Elton John sang, Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer, he had no idea he was looking into the future. He had no idea that somewhere out in the world, a man met <laughs> a tiny dancer. You go, Jason, you know this about a prostitute, right? Is this a story about a prostitute? Well, no, but it's about a tiny dancer. And then we're going to travel to Canada to meet a young man who's leaving his job at a local Walmart one night. He's made this walk home several times before, but this time he's going to have a close encounter of the scared kind. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. I hope you guys have some awesome plans for the weekend. Personally, I'm waiting for two movies to come out next weekend. Expendables 4, and then there's some movie on Hulu called No One Will Help You or No One Will Save You. I'll put, a, put the trailer in the show. <laughs> you're like, Jason, what am interested in Expendables 4? You can save the trailer on that. I'll put it in there anyways. I just saw the trailer for this movie called No One Can Save You or No One Can Help You. It's going to premiere on Hulu on September 22nd. This isn't an ad read. I just saw the trailer. It looked really cool. looks dope. I'll put it in the show notes. But someone who's always in the show notes, someone who's lurking behind each letter, hiding out there, is one of our live stream contributors. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for everyone's favorite note stalker, Bishy Bashi. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Bishy Bashi, we found you behind that amper stand. Or is it amper sand? Doesn't matter. Bishy Bashi, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon or the live stream, that's totally fine. It truly, truly is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. And to those of you who do support the Patreon, apparently there's been a glitch lately where people haven't been getting charged. A couple of you guys go, hey, I noticed I was kicked off of the Patreon, and they re-signed up. So if you signed up for the Patreon a long time ago, um, and if you care, right, you don't have to do this, but double-check to see if you're still signed up. And if not, that's okay, too. I don't stress so much about the Patreon. It definitely really helps. It helps me pay the bills, helps me get groceries and stuff like that, and I'm grateful for every dollar that I get through the Patreon or through the live stream. But it's an honestly, if you guys can't support it, it's totally not a big deal. I'm just glad you guys are along for the ride because I could have make a million dollars a month, but if no one's passionately listening to the podcast, then what's the point? I'm honest about that. Bishy Bashi, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a small town. <laughs> We don't have an exact location for this story, or really a year either. The person who posted it, we're going to call them Jackson, simply said it was summertime. But I'm assuming that it's not a super old story. Probably this has happened in the past 20 years, you know, 2000s forward. He said, back during this summer, I lived in a small rural town. And it was beautiful because when it got dark, when the sun went down, you could actually see the night sky. Uh, There was very little to no light pollution. So that sun went down and you're like, there it is, Ma, Pa, that old Milky Way them city slickers be talking about, but they never be seeing. Neil deGrasse Tyson needs a fancy telescope. 
to see what I can see with my two eyeballs and looking up. They're like, why do you always gotta brag? Why are you always out there bragging all the time, Jackson? He's proud of his town. And what he would do is very often he would go out for late night walks. That's dumb. I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> you can brag all you want about the fact that you can see the cosmos, but going out for late night walks isn't isn't that smart. But anyways, at this particular day, it doesn't say if he's listening to headphones, which would be normal. He might be carrying like a boombox or have like a little Beats by Dre pill that he's walking around with. That Now, now you are just bragging. <laughs> you're just walking around and you're like, look at me, woodland creatures. I can play music on my Beats by Dre pill speaker. And the reason why it, it actually, I, I, it's more, it's important because if he's listening with headphones, let me just tell you the story. <laughs> I just, just, all you get distracted by the most minute details when you tell this stuff. Jackson is walking. He's done this walk a hundred times before. He's walking out and he gets to this fishing pond near the edge of town. And he sees something moving near the pond. I'm a son of a gun. Always having fun. Jackson's listening to his music. His copyright free music. And he sees this thing moving by the edge of the pond. My mama always told me I'd never make it. But here I am in Jackson's head. <laughs> Just walking towards the lake. It's like a super specific song. Jackson's like, I love this song. It's late at night, there's no light pollution. Eat it, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you suck. Jackson's grooving out. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know what the song was. It actually is kind of important. <laughs> I don't know what the song was. And I don't know if he was listening to it with headphones or like a boombox. But whatever the thing, he notices that whatever is standing by the edge of the lake is moving in rhythm to the music dancing to the music so see it is important if he's listening with headphones it's even weirder and you go jason it's just like a frog or something <laughs> like that's a frog having a seizure it's something it's something normal but it's not you're wrong it's actually he clearly sees a translucent old man <laughs> you're like jason you really it's like five minutes into the story and you finally got to the interesting part. <laughs> Your stupid song. It's a translucent old man. And he describes him as a little old man. So I don't think he's tiny like a fairy. But, you know, like, let's say he's probably, if you had to describe someone as a little old man, I'd say probably three feet. Three foot tall, translucent old man. Dancing in rhythm to your he's like that guy from the Six Flags commercials. Da, 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 da. He's all doing all these acrobatic flips. Jackson is watching this translucent little old man dance to his music. And it's funny because Jackson's reaction to this is I've clearly gone insane. I'm watching this little see-through man dance by the river. I'm nuts. Like, this is not real. This is impossible. And he laughs. He laughs out loud when he sees it. And he's like, this just has to be part of my imagination. And he keeps walking. He's getting closer and closer to this old man. But at a certain point, he stops. And the old man just seems to keep dancing on, almost totally oblivious to Jackson's present. He can hear the music. He's 
a slave to the rhythm of Jackson's music, but he's not really engaging with Jackson at all. Well, Jackson said, this is the best indicator we have for the height. Jackson said that he knelt down to get an eye level with the dancing old man. So I think a three foot would probably again be an estimate of, let's say he's the average, which is what five foot nine kneeling down is going to put you eye to eye. I don't think he's a little tiny leprechaun sized guy, but Jackson kneels down so he can get eye to eye level with the old man. And he turns on his phone flashlight to get a better look. Cause here's the thing. He believes it isn't real. There has to be something going on here. If I get close enough, if I really analyze it, I'll either A, discover I'm hallucinating, have to check myself into the hospital, or B, it's a natural phenomenon that I've somehow mistaken for a translucent, dancing, little old man. But the man is still just dancing right in front of Jackson. Dancing to the groove. Now he has this weird grin on his face. He's looking at Jackson. He's acknowledged him to this point, but he's just continuing to dance in front of him now. And then after a while, the old man stops dancing. He stops dancing, but he's continuing to smile. And the mood completely changes. Jackson said that this deep and true fear began to well up inside of him, something that he had never felt before. Instinctual terror was flowing through his veins, and he takes the phone flashlight and he shines it back up at the old man. Directly at this point, I think this is the closest, I think he was using the flashlight at more of a distance as he was walking towards this figure and being like, what in the world is that? But... Now that he's kneeling down, and he shines the flashlight right up at this old man, all of a sudden he, the light is refracted through this spectral figure. He said it was like shining a light into a prism. You could see it split off into rainbows in every direction. Jackson stood up and took off running. And he said, I felt that fear pushing me forward. It was not just, I was creeped out. It was something so much deeper than that. I turned and I ran as fast as I could. Until I got back home. It's really interesting. Because again, we don't really know exactly when this story took place. In a sense, it's very harmless paranormal event right think about what we've just covered this week the stuff we've covered this week people being chased around by bigfoot a, a child almost murdered by a ghost like it's been a, it's been a pretty rough week all around this is the story of a man who ran into a dancing old man in a near a lake and all he did was grin and stop dancing and then shot light around himself as a prism. But this left such a lasting impression. This was posted, I called him Jackson. This was posted online by someone going by the name Wrongdoer Evening 7442. And they stated, this is how they ended it. They go, quote, I don't like thinking about it. I feel like if I do, it will find me. I know I sound crazy. But I've never told anyone about it, and I will never go back there again. 
So what was this thing? I mean, if I had to guess, we do a lot of that on this show. I don't. I mean, I don't think it was a figment of his imagination. I think he saw something. Yeah, a lot of you guys are probably waiting for talk about fairies. You're like, oh, he's going to talk about Faithful, and that'll be entertaining because he hates him so much. I mean, you could kind of go for that. What's interesting is, like, if you were a malevolent spirit trying to lure people to their doom, you would pick, like, a sexy woman. That would actually be great, right? You're walking through the woods. You live in a small country town, and all of a sudden, like, Megan Fox or Jessica Alba's dancing by the edge of the lake. Like, I could shoot I could shoot lights through her all day long, and it's refracting his rainbows, and I'm not leaving the scene. What's enticing about an old person dancing? I mean, yes, again, a major company built an entire ad campaign around it, but that's not alluring. And I'm not saying that every every ghost or every encounter with the paranormal has to be sexy. I mean, it would be awesome if it was. I get that not all of them have to be, but then there's the opposite of alluring. There's the opposite of sexy. And that's an old man really doing anything, if you think about it, right? But definitely an old man dancing by the side of the lake. Or not even dancing anywhere. He could be dancing at a bar mitzvah. You're like, ah, that is kind of uh, ruined the mood. I'm not saying that old people need to be removed from public life. Old people can dance all they want. What I'm saying is that, let's put it this way, if I was walking down the street and a sexy lady jumped out of a car and was dancing and said, get in, I wouldn't get in the car, but I'd be more likely to be near the car or walk near the car than if an old man jumped out of a car and was dancing in front of me and said, get in, I'm I'm not walking near him. I might move. I might leave the city. I don't know what this entity was attempting to do. Maybe that's his true form. Maybe he doesn't have the ability to shapeshift into a Leah or something like that. Some sexy bombshell or whatever. Maybe this is his true only form. It's an old man. It's a translucent old man. But then what did he want? What did he want with this? Was Would he have been dancing out there had Jackson never shown up? If Jackson was listening to the music through his headphones, and again, this is tricky. That means that whatever this was, was in his head. It could hear the music coming through his headphones. If he's listening with a boombox, I mean, it's still a spectacular story. It's still an idea of the weirdness out there in the world. But it's a different level of weirdness if they can actually hear what we hear versus they're just hearing a boombox, which, you know, porcupines are hearing that and birds are hearing that. But it's one of those stories. And again, it left him with such a level of fear that not I get not wanting to go back there. A lot of stories we cover, people move out of houses and stuff like that. But he's like, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to remember it. I feel like even talking about it will bring it back. And when I read that, I thought, well, (laughs) I also got to say, if someone else talks about it on a podcast, then this guy might be in trouble all of a sudden. This old dancing man shows up. He's like, why are you back? I would have thought about you for years. I put that post on Reddit, but... No one read that, but then us talking about it and thinking about it over the way. Every time we think about this story, the old man shows back up. He's all dabbing on this dude. He's, uh, what's that thing where you move the butt? He's twerking. He's, this guy's at work. He's like, go away, old man. He's at a rest home, so he doesn't know which one's a real old man or which one's the translucent old man. Uh, well, I guess that's kind of the giveaway. He's like, ah, I'm pretty sure that guy's 
the ghost or whatever he is because I can see right through him. He's all this ghost is all twerking against him. Crazy story. He doesn't even want to think about it. Doesn't want to tell anyone about it. It's that terrifying to him. It's funny because it's just a weird story for us, but it left such a lasting impression. He never went back out there. He doesn't even want to talk about it. He believes even thinking about it will invite this old man back into his life. So what happened out there? Quite a bizarre story because it doesn't seem like a lot, but something happened. Again, this might be one of those stories where more things happen than he remembers. But, um... Like, it definitely messed them up. Bishy Bashi, let's go ahead and touch the keys of the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this lake. Take us all the way out to Canada. We're in New Brunswick, Canada. The year is 2004, and it's getting close to midnight. We see a young man, we're going to call him Stephen, getting ready to clock out from his late night shift at the local Walmart. Hey, see you later, Stephen. You got those boxes moved, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, they're over in the health and beauty department. Oh, all right, sweet, dude. I'll see you tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, I'll see you later. Walking out. Walking out of work to take the walk home. It's about a four-block walk. From Walmart to his house. So he's done this walk a hundred times. He works a night shift. He's done this walk at night a hundred times. He's walking home. He's about halfway. It's a nice walk. It's a short walk, which definitely makes it nice. It's also very well lit. It's a very well lit area where he's at. Sure, he can't see the cosmos. The eternal eye of the infinite sky staring down upon him. But he also (laughs) doesn't have to worry about getting a knife in the neck. Doesn't have to worry about any dark corners for assailants to leap out of. He's walking downtown. He's about halfway home. And he's crossing this parking lot. And he said, as I was crossing this parking lot, I stepped off the sidewalk and I realized something. There were less lights. Some of the street lamps seemed to be off. Some of the well-lit buildings that lined the street also seemed darkened. There was less lights than there used to be. He takes two more steps forward and hears a loud, clanging, metallic sound. And all the lights in the city go out. Not like he's in a pitch black void. There's still the street lamps there. There's still the buildings there. But imagine if you're in a city and all the lights are out. You could still see the outlines of buildings. Your eyes would adjust pretty quickly. You could still see the sidewalk you were stepping off of. But it's going to be very hard to see all of those things. And then he hears a metallic clanging sound two more times. Come from behind. Steven spins around and he is face-to-face with a gray alien. He says that this creature had a triangular face, which is a way to describe a gray alien face that's a little rounded on the top. But a triangular face and large black eyes. Steven goes, I wasn't panicked in this moment. The world went dark. I turn around, I see this gray alien, but I didn't feel fear. 
I wasn't panicked. I kept my cool, and I looked at this thing, and I just said, Hi. At that point, the alien quickly reaches out and touches Steven's chest, causing an electrical charge to rush through his body. Steven becomes paralyzed. He's standing up, but he's completely paralyzed. And he feels fear. But Stephen goes, I wasn't afraid because I was in this dark landscape. Still on Earth, but in this dark landscape with this gray alien. I wasn't afraid because it had paralyzed me with this electrical charge. He goes, I didn't want to be scared. It was as if something was forcing me to feel fear. It was a very unnatural feeling. He goes, I could feel myself become afraid, but it was forced upon me. I was not naturally afraid. Super weird distinction, isn't it? He still was not in fear, but it was pushed through him. The next thing he knows, he is laying on his back on a metallic table. He's left the city streets of New Brunswick. He's now on this metallic table. And he's surrounded by six beings. Six entities that he describes as black in color. Very thin. And each of them had to have been between seven to eight feet tall. Very rare description for aliens. If anything, that's like closer to a shadow man. And one of these black entities pushes its hand into Stephen's body. And it just phases right through his flesh, his muscle tissue. The pain is intense. It's exactly how you would think being penetrated would be by anything. Deep into your body, he can feel this creature sliding its arm deeper and deeper through his guts. The pain is unbearable. And it's just starting. Stephen said, I felt his entire form fused with mine. And in that moment, it was like every atom in me had been torn apart. And thrown across the universe. And then my body was reassembled. Just as quickly. He said it was unbearable. It was the worst pain you could ever possibly feel. He was torn to pieces at an atomic level. And then reassembled. By a entity. That seems to have no care over whether or not it hurts. It was running an experiment it had about as much empathy as we would testing medicines on mice or cutting their brains open to see how things work he he said i blacked out i mean the pain was just i mean it's nothing you could have ever prepared for they don't talk about that when you're growing up in your health and body class that someday you may be completely torn to shreds and spread across the universe he had no concept of pain on that level he blacks out he says the next thing he knows he wakes up he's on the floor which is also metallic he's now laying on the floor and there's only four of these entities standing around him
And while the first part of it, the first part of the story may have been some sort of science experiment or even metaphysical experiment, this is just, this this is just nuts. This is one of those stories that you're like, what? That first story, this creature, shadow man, alien entity, whatever it is, which would be a, a, a nutty combination, shadow man working with uh, alien tech, working with the greys. I can't think of another story where we've come across that. I don't, I'm not saying for sure these are shadow men, but it's possible, again, that what he was perceiving them, that's the only way his brain could make sense of them. These creatures could be multidimensional, and his brain had to make some sense of them, so it described them as tall, black, spindly limbs, you know, thin limbs, thin torso creatures. There may not be shadowmen at all. It would be odd if they were, because that's a completely different phenomenon. But back to this story, whatever this going on, the first part of the story, now he's laying on the floor, he has four of these aliens standing around him, and they begin to beat him up. They begin violently kicking him while he's on the floor, and each kick shoots electricity through his body each time they land a blow he's getting electrocuted he's getting shocked and he goes i'm paralyzed i can't fight back i'm laying there on the floor and they're just stomping on me kicking me i can feel all the pain i just can't move and the entire time i'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier and i realize i can kind of move one of my arms a little bit he feels like the anger is fueling him Finally, when he feels like his his rage meter is filled up, he finally takes a swing and hits one of the entities. So not a particularly strong swing. It is, you know, coming from a body that the rest of it's paralyzed, but it's enough, right? He's supposed to be paralyzed. He's supposed to just get kicked a bunch. He's not supposed to fight back. He punches one of these entities, and oddly enough, while they were kicking him, he was getting electrocuted. Once he lands a blow on them, he is once again blasted with a feeling of overwhelming forced fear. And he blacks out. Next thing he knows, he wakes up in bed. He wakes up in the bed of his house and he's convulsing. He has no control of his body. He's completely convulsing while he's laying in bed. He goes, my heart was beating so fast. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to have a heart attack right there. And I'm still paralyzed. Like, sure, my body is moving because I'm having convulsions, but I can't get up. I can't move. I can't. I have no control over anything. I'm just feeling my body. Tighten and release, tighten and release, tighten and release over and over and over again. And my heart is just pounding. I'm going to die. And he said I had to kind of spend all my mental power just focusing on my heart. My arms and my legs were going to keep convulsing. My neck was going to keep getting tighter and tighter. But I needed to make sure that my heart didn't explode. And Stephen focused on his heart and he spent all of his mental power trying to slow it down. And he said, it felt like hours. He doesn't have an exact time. He goes, but it felt like hours for me to be able to calm my heart. And eventually, 
the convulsions stopped, and shortly after that, he was able to move again. And apparently he lived in the basement with his family, definitely his mom, because he said, I walked upstairs from my room. I walk upstairs and my mom's there. And when she sees me, she completely starts freaking out. Stephen, oh my God, Stephen, where have you been? Oh my God, what is going on? She wraps her arms around him. He's, 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 oh, she's getting electrocuted again. Oh, I've never left the ship. I never left their grasp. She gives him a big hug. Stephen was missing for three days. And he said, you know, I had a really hard time believing that. I really had a hard time believing that I'd been missing for three days. I thought something must have been all in my head. These experiences couldn't have been real, couldn't have been real. And what happened was he got in touch with his work at Walmart. And they're like, dude, you missed like a shift. You were supposed to be here. You didn't show up. And yeah, he was able to verify the last time he was out that Walmart was that night he clocked out. And then he walked home. I mean, sure, he remembered. Well, he, he basically, it sounds like there were some memory gaps. Like he leaves Walmart. He wakes up in his bedroom and he goes over the years. I've remembered bits and pieces of the story. So I don't know if when he woke up that day, when he woke up in his bed, he remembered everything clearly. It could have just been he walked out of Walmart. He walked down the street. And the next thing you know, he was in bed convulsing and then when he talks to his mom she's like you've been gone for three days and he has no idea for it or if he remembered those details when he woke up we don't know he goes over time i had remembered more and more about it so i think he probably walked out of walmart and then completely blacked out until he woke up in the bed and he said here's the thing i've had these memories return over the years and my biggest fear is that they're coming back these things are going to come back. He was 19 years old when this happened. He was posting this in 2023. And he, I, sorry if I left the age out in the beginning. He goes, absolutely terrified these entities are going to come back. This doesn't match really anything we see in UFOlogy. Sure, the abduction stuff. The phasing through the body and obliterating it. And then re reassembling it. I can't think of a time we've come across that. We might have. We've covered stories where aliens have beat people up. But the entities themselves. The tall, spindly, black creatures. It's a terrifying story. And I he has a right to be terrified. One... Because any entity, I mean, he he seemed to have been singled out. It's possible that he was just walking down the street and he was a victim. He was an opportunistic victim. What's interesting, though, is his politeness to the gray alien and his inability to feel fear in situations that most people, you know, they would black out just being surrounded by these dark figures. Like, that would be enough to send a lot of people into just uh, a state of paralysis and mental paralysis but he didn't want to fear them he didn't naturally fear them they had to make him fearful and they seemed to do it deliberately and that could have been why they chose him they wanted to know how to force fear into somebody that doesn't fear them 
And again, like, because he doesn't remember bits and pieces, it's possible that he didn't fully... The blackouts are possible where he blacked out due to the pain or due to being moved from one location or the other, or he could remember more and more stuff that he just doesn't remember. But, like, them kicking him on the ground, that's not something... Like like I said, we've covered stories where aliens beat up people. They're One, they're super rare. We've covered them on this show, but again, it takes... Hours upon hours upon hours to find content for this show. It's a big chunk of my week. I found this story on uh, phantomsandmonsters.com. It's a fantastic website. I always encourage you guys to go check it out. Great, great stuff there constantly. And both alien attack stories that I'm thinking of, we might have had other ones in the past, but they tend to take place on Earth. This one was in the safety of their spaceship wherever this location was, and they were still kicking him. And they were kicking him with these electrical charges, too. And then when he punched them, they once again made him feel fearful. I'm wondering if something happened in between the creature phasing through him and then him getting kicked. Like, was there a reason for them to kick him? Did he try escaping? Did he not follow along with their experiments? Were their experiments failing? And so they were punishing him for that? Or were the aliens just evil they just wanted to kick them it's a crazy story and yeah you would be terrified this is a very violent encounter even as far as alien encounters go getting abducted having medical experiments done on you that's a a level of violence but this was almost just a mean violence if someone takes you aboard their starships and starts messing with your reproductive organs you can kind of make sense of that it's not cool I'm not pro it, but we do it to animals. We do it to lesser animals on Earth. So it would make sense for an alien to do that. It's a sick person who kidnaps a dog and then gets gets three of his buddies to kick it. And it's not a science experiment at that point, right? It's just you being cruel. I'm terrified of these entities to this day, one, because of that, and two... This happened back in 2004. It was the only experience he ever had with these things. Well, July 22nd, 2023, he's now a 36-year-old father. One night, him and his wife were in their bedroom, and they heard their six-month-old daughter crying over the baby intercom, the baby monitor. Stephen goes, we got up to check on our daughter. My wife went to go make a bottle for her, and I went into her nursery. He picked up the baby, walked out of the nursery, and that's when something caught his eye outside the window. He saw, standing there for just a moment, a tall, thin, black entity standing right outside his house. said it darted away so fast. But you'd have to imagine they've returned. What do they want? Why are they here? We don't know. But the stakes go up when children are involved. When your children are now in the sights of these malicious creatures... 
you know how bad it got for you. You know how awful it was. But imagine what they could do to a six-month-old baby. And there's no way to protect her. If they want her, they'll take her. And I'm sure in that moment, when he saw that figure standing outside the house, Stephen didn't need any sort of alien encouragement. Stephen didn't need one of these figures to use some mind control superpower on him. I'm sure in that moment, Stephen felt true and real fear. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend.